Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Do you give so much to others that you're left feeling drained? Is it hard for you to engage in consistent self-care practices? The past couple years have been heavy for us all, and many of us are feeling stretched thin. I am offering you an hour-long webinar on September 28th from noon to 1 p.m. Eastern called Holistic Self-Care Boundaries for Therapists. In this webinar, you'll gain tools on how to set emotional boundaries, physical, and energetic boundaries. You will learn some invaluable hands-on skills to help fill yourself up and stay grounded so that you can boost your overall wellness so you can show up as your best self for your clients. Ready to put yourself first? Go to holisticcounselingpodcast.com forward slash holistic dash webinars forward slash. Looking forward to seeing you there. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I was fortunate enough to go to a local therapist self-care workshop recently, and I got to listen to today's guest talk about the power of music therapy, and she played the cello for us. Oh, I got to tell you, it was so relaxing. I felt so good coming out of there. Joy Yu Lee is here today to talk to you about the healing power of music therapy. She is owner of Music in Your Mind and is founding member of Vita Strings. She is a senior therapist at UNC Health in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and primarily works with teens and young adults with eating disorders, anxiety and depression, and crisis intervention. She is also a music therapist at Pasadena Villa Outpatient Treatment Center and provides re-educative insight building music psychotherapy sessions, ooh, that's a mouthful, Joy, <laughs> for groups and individuals on a daily basis. Sounds like a lot involved with that. So Joy is passionate and experienced therapist with 20 years of combined international experiences in creative expressive arts therapy, cello performance, music education, and arts administration. She is trained in the Bonnie Method Guided Imagery and Music and is a fellow of the Association for Music and Imagery. A fun fact about her is she is fundraising for NAMI New York City for the New York Marathon this November. This will be her 14th full marathon in the past eight years. Welcome to the podcast, Joyu. Thank you so much, Chris. I am delighted to be here today. Yeah, and I was so impressed with your bio. You have so many different things going on and it's like your reach is so, so strong and so big. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's excellent. Can you share more about yourself and your work with my listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hello, everybody. I'm Joy Yu. And actually, my name is spelled J-O-Y-U. So it's pronounced either Joy Yu or Joe Yu. It's directly translated. Oh, so by, both. Okay. Yeah, so both. And I truly respond to both. And sometimes people are really concerned about how do you actually pronounce your name? I, I'm glad I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And um, I am a, a music therapist, a board certified music therapist. And like Chris mentioned, I am trained in the Bonnie method of um, guided imagery and music, which is a form of music psychotherapy. And that really impacts almost every aspect of my daily practice, whether it is doing individual sessions, group work, or consulting with other clinicians, and also in my per, um, performance with cello and doing a lot of programming. This music psychotherapy practice is deeply rooted and not just mindfulness, but also building more awareness of yourself 
And the main focus is how to open up all of our senses to embrace and engage music and multiple levels, whether it is listening, you know, just um, as like a supportive way of using music or truly preparing yourself going into music and going to different states of consciousness and using your imagination and um, noticing some of your your sensations and how does that work with your day-to-day events or things that you are holding in. So I am absolutely a, a You're I'm passionate. Say. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> we call it, you know, the GIM. I am definitely a GIM therapist through and through. And uh, also I practice music breathing. So that's a nice and trying to use cello as much as possible in my sessions. So that's kind of my work in a nutshell. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, for sure. But it sounds really holistic. Yes. yes. Which is perfect for this podcast. So it covers the whole person. So what have you found to be the most healing benefits of using music therapy? So I talk to a lot about, talk to people a lot about music on a daily basis. And from all the conversations, what I have gathered, and Chris, um, I would be really interested in your experience too, is most people if not close to 100%, appreciates music, listens to music, or uses music in some sort of shape and form. So when I am, you know, doing my introduction about what music therapy is, or just really doing assessment, or or just opening up this interaction, it's like, what kind of music do you like? And how are you using music in your life already is something that I am always curious about. Because a lot of times people might feel like, oh, I don't really play a music instrument. I'm not a creative person. You know, I have clients who are very, very concrete, like, you know, they're really great with numbers. And when I open up creativity or the arts, they get really anxious. It's like, Joy, this may not be for me. And I'm, I really open it up in a way that um, your music says a lot about what speaks to you or what makes you feel something that you may not have words for. And so starting from there and broadening how you can use music by just adding a couple different tips and tricks here and there to make your your routine or making certain events or activities a little bit more meaningful or a little bit more highlighting. There's so much we can do with music without, you know, spending a lot of money, without so you investing don't have to a whole lot of time. Play an instrument to get the benefits. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if that's something you would like to do, I'm always excited and encouraging people to try things out because then you have like another layer of interaction. But truly just by paying attention to what music you're already listening to or you're enjoying, there's so much more that you can um, expand upon. And you mentioned briefly about music and breath. So yes. tell me more about that. How do you use music with breathing? So the music breathing certification that I had is adaptive form of the music psychotherapy, but you don't actually have to go through like the entire series um, when I'm working with clients or working with other clinicians. A really, really easy way to even just approach this from a mindfulness standpoint is thinking about the temple and also the volume of your own breath. So sometimes it's like, okay, right now I might feel, let's say I feel tired. So I'm just going to take a moment. It's like, hmm, how am I breathing? So just noticing like 
that that temple that you are taking the breath in. Also, when you talk about breathe, like the the increasing of volume, just noticing where your breath is starting, where your breath is moving towards, and also vice um, on the other hand of things is like when you're breathing out. Really noticing, you know, if there's like a sense of direction, is there like a shortness of breath? Is it like you really are trying to like slow things down? So you're, you're inviting yourself to take a slower breath out. So when we focus on just tempo and volume of things, you can actually discover quite a bit of your own breath, even just doing that. So just noticing first. Just noticing. Mm, yeah. But the elements of the, the music is something I think a lot of people are very surprised about is, whoa, okay, if you pair it to like thinking of music, it's like, what do you mean by pacing? Or even like, is it rhythmic? Or some people are like, you know, immediately associating to different artists or different instruments. So I have um, truly like clinicians will tell me that, yeah, now that you mentioned it, it almost feels like it's like one of those brass instruments that I don't know what the name is. They're thinking about French horn. So it's like, oh yeah, there's like almost like this, um, this big bell bottom that when my breath is releasing and when I feel really anxious, it's almost like those like short notes that like it sounds like a trumpet or, and, you know, or plucking of strings. So bringing those music elements in it. Yeah, can be that's really playful. cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to, to think of it too. And is it if you're listening to music, just tuning in to how your breath might change as you're listening? I think there's like truly a couple of different ways to oh, approach okay. this. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if we want to bring music into this, it could be, you know, during like a middle of a song that you're just listening to, you might be driving and you're just like, oh yeah, this song like brings, you know, you notice that you're, you're, you're more energized and you might not want to really have like energized, like breathing while you are trying to relax. So you might choose something that you already notice that um, immediately your body response is like, oh, okay, your shoulders may not be that tense or your thoughts may not be going, you know, hundred miles an hour, like your, your to-do list, that 20 things that you have to take care of. So it could, it could really just be, you choose something that, you know, will slow you down and then just like find a part of the music. It could be, you know, if there's like an underlying like baseline, it could be a melody, Find like a starting point for you to just like zoom in and like see how your your breath is moving. And you might notice that hmm, this music isn't really supportive. So you might even, you know, test some couple different things and see what actually helps you breathe a little smoother is one way to do it. And sometimes um, I would suggest clients to, you know, start focusing on your breath first and then play a piece of music. So you're not necessarily matching the music the entire time, but you're preparing yourself going into that music listening experience. And that's why I do a lot with cello is tuning in with your breath first and then listening to music and see what's different than just like, oh, I'm just going to listen to music and, and see how my breath is. It, it can be. So it almost embodies music more, huh? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. that's awesome. So how do you use mindfulness then with music? A couple of things I I have mentioned, for instance, like really starting with the elements and even 
that self-assessment. I have like a sheet that I often tell people that this is not a music theory class because it lists, you know, tempo and all the differences, volume and all the differences and like melody, harmony and um, instrumentation. And so people can get like, whoa, this is a lot of information. So a lot of times I might just invite people to check in with one, maybe three things tops. The tempo assessment and also the volume assessment, your inner state of being, and also noticing that maybe your headspace or maybe noticing that sometimes like when we're moving a lot, but we might feel like truly like a slower tempo inside, but our outer motions are like fast paced. So even just doing a quick assessment of, okay, there's that. And then if we talk about harmony, do you feel that there are some things that feel clashing or creating some sort of tension while you are in your, um, you know, in the middle of the check-in? And sometimes it could be like, okay, this is where I am. And you know that, and, and this is sometimes um, I talk to people about music is almost like your emotional state of being. You're like walking into a room and you notice that once you put on a song, the entire interior design changes. Like, yes. you know, like the paint, <laughs> the atmosphere, um, the temperature, the comfort items. And so maybe before walking into that room, metaphorically speaking, like before you put on a song, you feel like, oh, like North Carolina summers, so hot, humid, <laughs> heavy. <You feel> like, <laughs> you know, like you can't catch your breath because yes. you're running errands. But then you put on maybe, let's say, one of your favorite songs. You just like love this artist and you can listen to the song on repeat. You go in and even if you still feel like, yeah, I'm coming from like this really, this busy frazzleness. But then you put on the music and it's almost like maybe walking into a place that just like you can chill and you can breathe a little easier. And that's one way I, I feel that when you're paying attention to what your music do to you, and you can intentionally either get validation from your music or change your mood where it's like an on and off switch that you can just like check in and do something a little bit different for yourself because let the music take care of you, especially when the times when you feel like, I can't really do that for myself now. So I always call this almost like an intentional distraction because you're really purposeful going into these listening experiences. That's something I do recommend. Yeah. And I said, you know, you said, let the music take care of you. Yeah. 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 So I feel like it, it touches me like deep in my brain sometimes certain songs or kinds of music, just like, and if you close your eyes, I feel like that helps me with sensory too, just to tune yeah. in more the inner world. Cause I think we have so many distractions when our eyes are open and, and just trying that, that piece, if you're, if you feel safe doing that, cause I know with trauma, sometimes people don't like to close their eyes, but absolutely. Absolutely. But I like that and in, the intentionality of that to really be purposeful and not just be like, okay, I'm putting on my song. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And Chris, I really appreciate like you brought out, you know, especially with trauma and how music can be so activating. Either it's like too much activation, like that arousal state, or maybe parts of it feels like hmm, that blocking, that numbing, that disconnection. And so how to bring music into these spaces sometimes takes some preparation too. And so let's say that 
we don't really have music available in this moment. I often tell people that, you know, us as human beings, we are a musical instruments in so many different levels. And grounding, there's so much that we can do, not necessarily with just our voice, but that sense of connection to yourself of maybe not doing it in front of other people, but kind of like the comfort of your own space. Or I know a therapist uh, love using this technique about like singing your negative thoughts and why that could be a way to create some distance. I oftentimes just tell people to start with, you know, almost like a buzzing or humming and really just like feel this vibration around your mouth, around your throat, you know, bringing it to polyvagal lenses and how yes. the vagus nerves is truly so connected to music therapy or some of the therapeutic skills that we use because really thinking about vibrations and sensations and if you think of yourself or imagine yourself as a musical instrument of some sort, um, whatever the imagery that comes to mind, and also really carefully and mindfully, gently assessing that when you are fine tuning your own expressions and whether it is like doing a little bit deeper belly breathing, but also like noticing that when you are humming, like even with your mouth closed, like the hmm or the buzzing or even just like really breathing out the ha. And I think about like vocal warm-ups, like when you're doing da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da, like that up and the down and the flow. And when you are using your breath and bringing it back to yourself and also noticing that this could be really vulnerable. It could also be really delightful for some people there. They will tell me that I don't sing. Yeah. I really do not want to sing in front of other people and really encouraging them that this is just really about using your voice and getting to know your voice. So think of it as almost like a warm up or being in touch with your own voice physically and metaphorically speaking. So these are some things that w without, you know, your phone, your, you know, having your listening devices, something that sometimes I, I, I suggest people that, you know, if you're taking a moment in the bathroom, even really just like making like a, a sighing sound, but think about it as it's like, oh, see, there's a sense of direction. You're going down, the volume is increasing, like almost like you're observing your own ways of, playing around with these elements and being curious about that makes it a little less awkward. Yeah. Cause I think that you're right. That a lot of clients, I've been real careful with doing any chanting yes. <laughs> out loud meditate. Cause I think yeah. people aren't used to it. I started to think about why, and I was like, people don't do this a lot. So this could mm -hmm. be very uncomfortable. And like you heard a lot of times they aren't hearing their own voice. And, and it just got me thinking metaphorically, like you said, Maybe it's people that don't speak up enough yeah. to know their voice, which is so deep too, to really think about that, that how powerful for them to be able to hear their own voice, but in a positive way, Yeah, whether yeah. that's singing something or speaking something. And, and I have a breath that I teach too, be breath where you inhale, exhale, and just um, allow yourself to hum. Yeah. And that stimulates the vagus nerve, like you said, too. And that helps with the parasympathetic activation. So that calms the nervous system. So, yeah, this is all exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. Sometimes just thinking about, you know, that visual of the vagus nerves, almost like, like the tree roots. And because, you know, as a musician, we use so much of our hands. And sometimes yep. I, I make a joke about it. It's like jazz hands, like even just moving your <laughs> fingers playing pretend piano in the air. We don't need actual instruments there. And That's true. a lot of times it's also like, 
again, with a discomfort of like, I'm not a creative person. I don't play instruments. I was like, this is really exploring this kind of like vibration for yourself too. And, and when we feel, you know, like even in music, if things feel tenser or more restricted or a little bit more closed off, where do you notice that in your body too? And go, if that's like our starting point, there's twists and turns. How can we like play around with some ways for us to mindfully open up. And then if it's like, okay, it's, it's really engaging that sense of like, this is a little bit uncomfortable, but we're expanding a little bit more ways for us to express ourselves. And, um, a lot of times it's, it's really coming back to expression. How can you express yourself in in a way that makes sense to you, that matters to you. That's not just verbal language. So much of the the non-verbal awareness and choosing our own form of expression is definitely very empowering. And later on, of course, when you connect it to, let's say that people want to explore this more and more and end up, you know, they write poetry and then, or write things and then turn it into like little phrases for songs or later on um, connected with other creative elements. Um, There's a lot of possibilities, but that first step is always, how can I safely express myself? And I think music is really like a more non-threatening, I wouldn't say it's completely like non-threatening. It's universal too, isn't it? Yeah. And there's some sort of music that could speak to somebody in some way, somehow. Yeah. And what's your experience with um, people who are depressed? And is there a recommendation for certain kinds of music or does that matter? So this is definitely like a case by case. However, sometimes, especially clients or people that are experiencing really, really severe depression and symptoms and all that, will tell me that either one of the things, and I have several clients that have like notices and that was really alarming to them in some ways that they used to, let's say, enjoy music quite a bit, where they used to do something more creative. And because of depression, it's almost like this major fallout with music. And then there's like some sort of confusion and guilt and shame or the whole nine yards. It's like, well, I don't know, like music is just not interesting anymore. And so in some ways, having somebody to be part of that reconnection is really helpful because when people are feeling really depressed, that isolation or that sense of disconnection is so present that let's say that even saying these things out loud could be really difficult in using music in a way, let's say that's not necessarily that we're immediately using like music that they used to really enjoy, because that could be a little bit too stimulating. I oftentimes would bring in something that's very neutral, for instance, instrumental music. So it's not necessarily like an artist or a genre. So there are some classical music or some more like minimalism or um, postmodern type of like instrumentals that, uh, you know, like I kind of like bring in temples or instrumentation that is not that complicated. And I would check in with the client and see that, hey, is this music too loud, too fast? And depending on what they usually say. So I have a couple go-to music that works pretty well for connection. And then do some sort of um, mindfulness practice, do sensor art expression, do storytelling in a way that just starting somewhere for them to start 
activating like those senses. And sometimes it's, it's some, um, I, I do a really modify like progressive muscle relaxation or even just like some gentle stretching for them to kind of like come back to their bodies. In some ways, it's like we're using music as like this container that hopefully is very neutral right now and inviting them to just take part of us some way, somehow. I And so this is one example. Another example could be clients are like, whoa, I'm just listening to sad music all the time. Yeah, like, I, have, I get that too. <laughs> That's <all> my clients. <laughs> oh, yes. So many of my teens are just like, I could just like listen to this music all day long. And I'm, I feel like it's like a pity party. What usually why I approach is like really validate that too. It's just like, let's really look at this in a way, just being curious. How, what is the music like? Why, why does it connect with you? And continuously, and, and my teenagers often give me like one word answers or like, or a grunt, like here and there. So it's also really just like being curious of, okay, this music connects to you. This 10 songs that you could listen on repeat. It's almost like, again, coming back to that metaphor of being in a room. Right now, this interior design of your room is not very helpful to you. I love but that. But there, <laughs> there might be like one or two comfort items in this room that you're just like, you're just holding on to that you can mm. sleep forever. But there's something that you're telling me that you kind of want to switch things up a little bit because it's not really helping you. You want something you're not yet. You may not even be sure of what, and that's okay. But that's where we can kind of explore a little bit of other possibilities. And so I might use, you know, their music as a foundation and branch out. And we might just do a little bit different listening. And sometimes I, I make it into a mindfulness game, something called like emotional mapping that I might take five completely different songs and just play maybe a minute of each. And depending on, you know, how the client's energy is or how their focus are and just invite them to almost like a music critic, make it like make it into truly like observing, paying attention. What do you notice about the music? What comes to your mind? Even if it's just like a one word sentence, I have clients that will write, they don't like Taylor Swift. And <laughs> I play, you know, August, which is a song I really love. And she just wrote, hmm. And so then I'm like, is it hmm? Or is it hmm? And, you know, like really explore that. And even if they're so really, you know, again, in that room, that's really dark, really unhelpful. And they're holding on to, you know, their waiting, but weighted blankets. But it's like, there's a splash of something that might bring them out of their own headspace and into something else that is activating all those other senses that they are just so disengaged that they can't really like get themselves to pay attention. So I think music is constantly like calling them to do something. Absolutely. And if they don't like it, they'll tell me, they'll be like, hmm, this is really <laughs> not doing anything. <laughs> so then yeah, it's true. we try something else and, and see if, again, could it, it could be a mood changer. It could be something for them to be, to invite them for participation. I think engagement is always something I'm looking for. I love, I love the invitation too, because that's the same with yoga. We invite people to engage 
But if something doesn't feel right, then we move on to something else and yeah. really keeping that trauma focused too. Now, how do you use um, guided imagery? Yeah. So for the official yeah. <laughs> guided imagery of music, the official. Um, the, it's like one-on-one uh, sessions um, and it can be used in group work too, but I'm just going to give you like kind of like yeah, the elevator fine. pitch <laughs> of um, these one-on-one sessions. So if anybody is really interested in learning more about GIM, um, the body method, please feel free to check out the Association for Music and Imagery official website. You could just type in like, Bonnie Method, Gaia Mandry, and Music. And we have a, a North America, uh, it's an international practice, like a, a website here. But then we also have a European website and the Australian website that has a lot of short YouTube clips that you could, you could um, watch and learn more about. But initially, when um, Dr. Bonnie designed this, it's really meant for really going into a more focused state of So let's say, you know, when we talk about altered states, when you are, when you do yoga, when you're doing meditation, when you are doing long distance driving, that state between awake and dreaming. So really um, preparing yourself to this music journey that with a guide support. So me as a therapist, I would be um, this person that is holding space, but also witnessing the client's journey. And we are holding a conversation throughout these like specific music programs that are designed to activate um, your imagination and different sensory responses. And so it's really using um, these creative forces and body awareness, um, what music is like doing to you or you are experiencing and then noticing what are those like what that information could be and how does that connect with let's say some of um, your day-to-day experiences or some of the issues that you're bringing into therapy so that's that's not a very short answer but (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like there's a lot a lot to it huh yeah so now I have my notes let me rephrase that in a a more concise way it is music centered it it is about consciousness expanding and it's transformational and so all of the therapists are trained in the body method currently the original like the most traditional programs are all classical music but there are new programs that are constantly being developed and tested that utilize um, and being very aware of cultural references and different music and different countries and how that could be more helpful to uh, personal um, person-centered experiences but the this was developed in the in the 70s it's chosen very specifically and analyzed every which way of classical music sequences that will stimulate journeys of imagination and so when we talk about imagery it's really not just you know like when you watch Fantasia um, like the Disney movie and Mickey Mouse is like trying to be the source's apprentice but it's Similar to that idea in the way that when you listen to music, some people might be really like visually exploring things. Some people might be more like kinesthetic. Some people might activate like these like time travel, like bringing you in different time and space and experiences, which is also why this form of therapy is really, really effective for trauma, because there's a lot of possibilities of reauthorizing stories. And exploring stories and exploring different sensations in the safe container of music. So music selections are very, very important in this way because it's about 
integrating the different mental, emotional, physical, spiritual aspects of well-being. So could you play some cello for our listeners? And is is there anything that you want them to pay attention to as you play for a few minutes? I think the selections that I am going to share with y'all today, a lot of people find it deeply connected to nature, any sort of like nature sceneries. So just give yourself a moment to settle with the music, even if your headspace is really busy or maybe you're still, it's hard to relax or focus at the moment and just let yourself be fully here. And giving space of what's with you now. And also know that even if we are judging and criticizing ourselves, the music is going to invite you again and again to just take a moment to to take care of you. Absolutely. So I know you got to take a moment to set up. So go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Chris. lovely i want to clap on air (laughs) so good that felt so so just calming and a little uplifting too i hope listeners as well are able to feel something with that and be able to follow your breath just be present with whatever sensations come up and just being a part of it 
So what would you say to therapists that might want to use some music in their therapy sessions? Is there anything they can do that would be a simple strategy? I think, of course, there are always like some recommendations. And um, and if people are truly like interested in some recommendations, I would be more than happy to, to make some suggestions. But I think really paying attention to, first of all, what music that you feel connected to and always see if there's like, a possible instrumental version of it. And the reason why I recommend instrumental is it's a little bit more neutral. And there are a lot of like different artistic interpretations out there. And really also assessing, let's say that if mindfulness um, people would ask me, do I always have to use slow music? I really encourage you to have like a couple different selections that you know whether it's like a little bit more energizing, um, maybe a little bit more reflective, like slowing things down. And also check in with your clients to see like, what did they, what did the music do for them? And sometimes, you know, with the same song, I might get like pretty consistent feedback, but there might be like one or two clients. It's like, it really didn't do much for me. And that could also be interesting information for you to like, dig deeper and look for other selections as options. So using what you like and finding instrumental versions and having a couple different, again, coming back to tempo and volume, something a little bit more neutral because that's a lot of times that's what we want to bring clients or even ourselves from like that really fast pace or that really like slower, like drained exhaustion, coming more into like a neutral space to recharge and regroup and ground ourselves it's usually an easier space to engage in. Yeah, because I'm thinking of how it can tie in so well with mindfulness practices. And I remember just playing it when I was a school counselor for entire classrooms of kids. Yeah, <laughs> just having music before we did, we started an activity. Just listening to the music, see how that felt. And you know what I would do? I'd, have, I'd leave it open and draw a picture of what you felt you know, with kids. Exactly, <laughs> just exactly. doing something simple. It doesn't have to be. And I think some people might feel like, oh, this is you know, out of my scope, but I think it's just something that to integrate, right. That is that everybody can find a way and music is for everybody, I think. And it's not just for musicians or people who know music theory. It's for everybody. And truly it's also like, if kids tell your teenagers, tell you that music is my therapy, then there is so much of like, well, what, what does that do for you? How is that helpful? And I think that's the question that we're always asking, right? It's like, is this helpful to you? Why do I find this helpful? Because then knowing why it's helpful, then you could kind of like explore some of the theme and variations of that too. And I think that really theme and variations is such like a, a, a musical term, but I find that if there's some connection there, then it's worth exploring. Yeah, for sure. And I think with meditation too, because I've used sometimes just have meditation instrumental, like you said, for meditation time. Some people do better with meditation to have music is what I've found, to have something to focus on and, and just allowing them to be in that space. Or with teenagers, sometimes I would have them bring in, um, what is some music you connect with? Yeah, <laughs> bring that in a session. Absolutely. For yeah. um, practitioners and, and clinicians out there that truly may not have a lot of time to explore music, I often recommend look into movie music because movie soundtracks, yeah. There's so much that pairs with the stories. So there's also like the elements, you know, when you're when you're energized and you're out 
out and about and doing things, but there's also like the more like scenic background things. And depending on what the movie is about too, um, there's truly some excellent selections that covers not just classical music, but using a lot more like different instrumental music that helps stimulate imagery because the composers are already writing the music with that intention. So I highly, highly recommend. That's a great suggestion. Yeah, and it does move you if you ever really pay attention to the music in movies, for sure. But I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Joy You, Chris, thank you so much for having me. What's the best way for listeners to find you and learn more about you? Um, so currently, I am the most active on probably Instagram. And so just music in your mind. And feel free to send me an email if you have like questions or just things that you might be interested in. And, um, exploration so absolutely addresses is attaching the the notes and we'll have that in our show notes on the website if you are listening and can't write it down (laughs) so so people can access through there but this has been a wonderful experience i I gotta thank you so much for coming on thank you chris and listeners be sure to visit us at www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com to access our show notes and all of our episodes And don't forget to join us for another episode next Wednesday. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening and supporting the Holistic Counseling Podcast. If you are loving this podcast, please share with your colleagues so we can continue to grow our holistic community. Also, are you ready to take the next step to create an integrative counseling practice? I invite you to sign up for my free nine-part email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you'll explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to manifest your dream practice. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com, scroll down, and enter your name and email address today.